Good evening and welcome to the Catholic View. I'm Sheila Pires. Thank you so much for joining me. Coming up a little bit later on in the broadcast, we take a look at Africa recognizing youth potential. We also talk about freedom of choice for adolescent girls and equal access to the labor market. But before that, we take a look at some headline news concerning the church in Africa. So do stay tuned. Listen to Radio Veritas, 5.76 a.m. for a change. In your headlines this Friday evening, Pope's Apostolic Exhortation, Works of Mercy in Zimbabwe, and Spirit of Self-Reliance in Malawi. Good evening once again, I'm Sheila Pirsch. After almost three years of consultations with Catholics in countries around the world, Pope Francis' eagerly awaited apostolic exhortation on the family is launched. Entitled Amoris Laetitia, or The Joy of Love, the lengthy document affirms the Church's teaching that stable families are the building blocks of a healthy society and a place where children learn to love, respect and interact with others. Pope Francis has written a letter to the world, The Joy of Love. It's about love in the family. A long love letter from the Pope, it was more than two years in the making, starting with a survey of the faithful across the globe. Then bishops met twice in Rome for discussions. Pope Francis has listened and responded. He treats love and family as a joyful vocation. The Joy of Love offers hope and encouragement. But the Pope is also aware of the difficulties and wants everyone to know the Church is by their side, ready to offer healing and hope. Pope Francis puts the emphasis on understanding, compassion, and mercy. He has seen people suffer. He understands the problems and challenges facing families. Unemployment, hostility to new life, violence, and drugs, the need to migrate. It's a long list, but the Pope has an even longer list of positive forces to help the family. Virtues such as patience, generosity and hope, fidelity, forgiveness, and spiritual strength in the face of adversity. The joy of love draws on the rich and profound reality of the daily experiences of family life, with thoughts on helping couples succeed and how to accompany them with compassion when they don't. The Pope says yes to sex education, at a time when sexuality tends to be trivialized. Francis has special words for priests and all those working with families. He reminds them that each situation is unique, that they have to listen, not only with their ears, but with their hearts. When dealing with difficult or irregular situations, church ministers have to know how to discern, accompany, and integrate not to condemn, but to help all participate in the life of the Church. God's light is always shining beyond the darkness. His tender mercy is available to everyone. 
Pope Francis on Friday said it was his great joy to meet with members, stewards and trustees of the Papal Foundation. He expressed his profound appreciation for their generosity to the Church throughout the world. Alexander MacDonald reports. The Papal Foundation announced to Pope Francis today it will give $10 million U.S. to support his charitable work around the world. Members of the Foundation enjoyed an audience with the Holy Father today in the course of their pilgrimage to Rome, which also coincides with the Jubilee. Year of mercy. We are called by Christ to share this mercy, said Pope Francis, with those who are spiritually and materially in need through the spiritual and corporal works of mercy. We do this with a spirit of generosity and tenderness that reflects God's immeasurable goodness, he added. He thanked the Papal Foundation for having the works of mercy at the heart of its mission and for generously supporting diocesan, parish and community projects around the world. Your charity reverberates throughout the world, Pope Francis said, offering new initiatives that help to extend the merciful embrace of the Father. The Papal Foundation was set up by U.S. clergy and laity in 1988 as a sustainable way to support the Holy Father's charitable priorities. Income generated from the $215 million fund creates a perpetual source of revenue, but the fund does not invest in any companies that engage in activities inconsistent with the Catholic faith. More than $15 million were distributed in 2015 for housing, hospitals, educational institutions and pro-life programs around the world. Since 1988, more than $121 million have been awarded. Pope Francis concluded by praying that members of the Papal Foundation experience a new impetus to holiness on their pilgrimage and, above all, experience the gift of God's mercy. I'm Alexander MacDonald. Mozambican Archbishop Emeritus of Beira, Jaime Pedro Gonçalves, passed away at the age of 79 on Wednesday, the 6th of April, after a long illness. The Archdiocese of Beira in Mozambique has confirmed 9th April as the burial date. Archbishop Gonçalves, a national figure in the history of Mozambique, was the chief negotiator representing the Mozambican Church at talks that led to a political settlement known today as the Rome 1992 Comprehensive Peace Agreement. It was signed by the then warring parties of Renamo and Frelimo. Archbishop Gonçalves' death comes at a time when both parties, Renamo and Frelimo, are in a state of political tension and the affairs of renewed fighting. The National Director for Pontifical Missionary Societies of the Episcopal Conference of Malawi, Father Vincent Muakwana, has called on the local clergy to embrace the spirit of self-reliance as one way of animating the people of God on missionary cooperation. Father Mwakwana was speaking at a meeting for the Association of Diocesan Catholic Clergy of Malawi, where over 200 local priests from all the eight dioceses in Malawi met. According to Father Mwakwana, the role of priests is to give missionary to people of God. Hence, the efforts of self-reliance will be effective if they work hard in teaching the Christians. The Catholic Church in Namibia has reached out to her personnel in the news reporting and photojournalism training to enable the clergy and laity to highlight the experiences of Namibians. 
The three-day workshop, which concluded on Wednesday, April 6, brought together 40 participants from the three dioceses in Namibia, among them nine priests, one permanent deacon, a religious nun, and laity selected from active parishioners. The workshop aimed at assisting the Department of Social Communication to reach out to all parts of Namibia in terms of sourcing news, highlighting the plight of many Namibians, creating awareness and disseminating news revolving on evangelizing the church and creating relationships. On Sunday, the Feast of Divine Mercy, parishioners of Our Lady of the Wayside Mount Pleasant in Harare, Zimbabwe, visited and celebrated Mass with inmates at Harare Central Prison as part of their Year of Mercy program of activities. In his homily, Jesuit Father Shepherd Muamba expressed his joy in seeing the faith of the inmates in spite of their situation and circumstances. He encouraged them to continue praying and seeking the face of the mercy. Father. Communications Director of Caritas Internationalis Patrick Nicholson has urged the government of Burundi not to threaten the church as it plays an important role in sustaining society. Apart from crucial support to agriculture, schooling and multiple social services, including health care which provides 101 hospitals and clinics, the Catholic Church in Burundi is also engaged in peacemaking by bringing communities together and explaining to politicians the importance of talking to each other, said Patrick Nicholson, the communications director of Caritas Internationalis. Burundi was plunged into chaos back in 2015 following President Pierre Nkurunziza's acceptance of a third term in apparent violation of the constitution. Zambia has one of the highest rates of child marriage in the world. More than 4 out of 10 women aged between 20 and 24 get married when they are only 16. A destiny already decided for many young girls which deprives them the opportunity to choose freely. To cope with the phenomenon, the Center for Cooperation and Development Onlus, Italy CCS, has started a school dropout prevention program for girls, which deals with the fight against early marriages and premature pregnancies. The goal is to carry out a pilot program in two rural schools and five secondary schools in the city of Chipata, involving not only the students but also those who surround them and influence their future. The girls themselves are at the center of the project. who through educational moments and the involvement of school boards teachers and community leaders will be accompanied in the process of acquiring an active and conscious role regarding the choices related to their lives And finally, there are many ways to preach, and rap music is one of them. The Spanish priest and professor Daniel Pajuelo incorporated his youthful passion for this music into his new mission. It was my fate in Barcelona. When I was stationed there, I met a group from the evangelical church named Praxis that made rap music. They use it to rescue kids who are in the street, abandoned, and I found it a very powerful ministry. Now, Daniel has released the video, Vamos Mas Allá, We Go Beyond, with his group of Catholic rappers called Davids. He wants it to help Christians to not be ashamed to share their faith in public. 
Hoy no es honor, ni causa de cobrar ingentes honorarios. Hoy muchos chillan, critican con fervor, repiten las consignas, tengan o no razón. And indeed, he leads this example by discussing faith to those who attend his concerts. However, before taking the stage, he makes sure that he isn't alone. Yo solo pongo... I only had two conditions. That day, that weekend, would not have any of the pastoral duties that my first mission had. And, if possible, the second condition is to always go with someone, one of my brother rappers. Between concerts, he takes advantage of the breaks during school to listen to rap with his students. He says he wants to change freestyle rap to be more beautiful. It's about getting people to share beautiful words. And these have been our headline stories about the church in Africa. You're still listening to The Catholic View, and I'm Sheila Pirsch. Thank you once again for being here with me. Coming up next, we're talking about Africa recognizing youth potential, freedom of choice for adolescent girls, and equal access to the labor market. Many African nations are starting to recognize the potential of youth in helping them achieve the 2030 Sustainable Development Goals, or SDGs. That's according to Divine Rusabase, a 20-year-old Burundian representative at the annual Youth Forum held recently in New York. Over 60% of the African population is under the age of 35. Rusabase believes empowering young people is a vital step towards realizing the 17 SDGs that include ending poverty and hunger. The UN Economic and Social Council, ECOSOC Forum, brought hundreds of young people together to talk about how they can boost development. Divine Rusabase told Kamen Rocker what had struck her most about attending the forum. Well, I feel really privileged because uh, there are so many people who have so many things to say about all these development goals, but they did not have a chance to be here. And so I really feel great and I feel responsible in terms that I have to carry the message for them. And earlier I noticed that you mentioned that where you come from, young people are often taught that they don't have a voice and that they have to wait until it's their turn to speak. Could you tell us a little bit about how that poses challenges to accomplishing the SDGs in Africa? I would say that yeah, that's, some, that's a mindset that has been um, for the longest time, but I think that in this era, things are changing. Even uh, in Burundi, where I come from, or many African countries, they're starting to realize that the youth has potential. And it's true that it still poses challenges in some countries, but I think that right now um, they're starting to listen to us and there's hope. What do you think the UN needs to do in order to help young people become more empowered and become agents of social change? From what I see, they've already done something by uh, starting with this idea of consulting the youth before implementing the SDGs. But the work needs to continue in terms that they should ensure that all youths are represented. Because I am here today, but there are so many people who have no idea this exists. For example, I'm talking about youth who have no parents who were raised in institutions or people in refugee camps. Those kind of children really need to be reached. And 
if the UN can have programs which would empower those children and you know they can stop feeling like victims and then they can be empowered and participate in this process. What do you hope to leave with today? I personally really want to learn what other young people have to say because if they, they are here today it means they've been doing great things in their own personal fields and I want to hear what they see, what future they see for Africa and for example because of the forum that I'm attending right now and I also want to hear what policy makers are promising us so that I can hold them accountable in the future. Girls should be free to define their lives and enjoy their rights. That's according to the head of the UN Population Fund. The UN believes that the 600 million adolescent girls in the world today represent a huge untapped potential and that they can help drive economic growth. Jocelyn Sambira has more. Girls should be free to define their lives and enjoy their rights, the head of the UN Population Fund, UNFPA, said on Friday. The UN believes that the 600 million adolescent girls in the world today represent a huge untapped potential and that they can help drive economic growth. World leaders and experts gathered at the UN in New York are discussing how investing in adolescent girls can ensure the new UN global goals are met, otherwise known as the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. Their focus is on education and the sexual reproductive health rights of adolescent girls. Globally, Around 15 million girls marry before they turn 18, and 7 million babies are born to adolescent mothers in developing countries, says UNFPA. Executive Director Babatunde Osotimihin says the success of the global goals hinges on creating a world where girls have no limits on their aspirations. When girls are free to define their lives and enjoy their rights, they not only enjoy better health and elder children, they are better for to contribute to national development as economic actors and entrepreneurs, helping their countries reap the demographic dividend and driving economic growth. As the leaders of both today and tomorrow, they can be a force for social cohesion and progress and peace. The event is being held ahead of the annual gathering of the UN body dedicated to the promotion of gender equality, or the Commission on the Status on Women, CSW. A new global initiative addressing youth unemployment also aims to ensure young women don't lose out when it comes to finding work. That's the hope of the man who launched the UN plan, Guy Ryder, Director General of the International Labour Organization, ILO. Mr. Ryder says the world needs to create more decent jobs, not just for the nearly 74 million unemployed youth worldwide, but also for those who have full-time work yet remain poor. Daniel Dixon asked him how the initiative will specifically benefit young women. Well, youth are disadvantaged on labour markets. Young women are even more disadvantaged. All of the evidence shows that the transition from school to work for women is much more difficult than for men. Uh, All of the evidence shows that women where they are in labour markets are often segregated into undervalued uh, and precarious areas of work. So if we're able to make a difference across the board in uh, this youth initiative, then clearly young women are going to benefit more than proportionately. That said, I think we have to tailor some of our activities to meet their specific needs as well. How will you tailor your activities? 
Well, I think this begins right at the beginning of the story in educational systems. It means uh, making sure that women do have access to the sorts of opportunities that young men generally have. It means addressing all sorts of areas uh, where women find that they are blocked in our societies. Education is one legislation which simply does not guarantee them equal opportunities or equal reward for the work that they do. Others... Uh, valuing unpaid care work is another area. There is a massive panoply of areas, but I think that we have to depart from the ambition that our task is not only to get young people into labour markets, we have to give equal opportunities to young women and young men across the board. What emphasis are you putting on the quality of work and equal pay? Yeah, this is about creating all of these millions of new jobs which are required, but this is not at the cost of quality. One of the alarming things uh, that we can point to at the moment is that in addition to those young people, nearly 74 million who are out of work, many more are working, but they're still living in poverty. And the overall effect of all of that is that 40% of young people under 25 are either unemployed or working but in poverty. So we simply have to lift the bar of quality above that poverty level. I don't think we're doing the job don't forget we're trying to create decent jobs we're not doing that job if we have people working full-time but nevertheless living in conditions of poverty that is not getting the job done so quality is clearly part of the job as well as quantity what can you tell a young woman who comes to you today and looks at your global initiative and says that's not going to make any difference to me There are no miracles. I cannot talk to anybody and guarantee them that we're going to change their future. That's not the way things work. What we can say is that we are trying to marshal all of the capacities of the international system. We are trying to marshal the political will already expressed by national governments and make that difference. Uh, And that is the only honest answer that we can give. But it has to be accompanied by a real determination to make the difference. You know, I think there's only one thing worse than doing nothing as far as young people are concerned. It's promising to do something, and they're not doing it. That sets us back even more than where we started from. Mógł 
And that brings me up to time. This has been your Friday's edition of the Catholic View. Thank you so much for listening. Should you wish to get in touch with me, simply drop me an email, shayla at radioveritas.co.ca. Have a blessed weekend. Thank you once again. God bless you. And ciao, ciao. I'm Shayla Pirsch.